Welcome to Building Besser, the podcast where we take you behind the scenes of building a franchise IP. Hello, everybody. We are taking a little break from the game this week to do a little holiday special. Uh, we have all the players from the game here. I'm Victory Palmasano. I'm Tanner Hearn. I'm John Houck. Hi, it's me, your pal Jeremy. I'm Mike McCarg. And I'm Ann Houck. First, we're going to start things off by talking about if anyone has what began as an annoying Christmas song that then turned into a song that they liked because you just heard it so many times. I will go first. My version of that is Dominique the Donkey. Does anybody know this song? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so yeah. Yes. <laughs> the first hundred times I heard this song... It was nails on a chalkboard. I wanted to die. And all of a sudden, I went from that to getting really excited when it comes on. And now I sing the whole thing. Does anyone have a song like that? And it can be Dominique the Donkey. You can have the same one. I I don't have a specific song, but I'll say there are several songs that have frustrated me or annoyed me. And then I hear the story behind the song and the artist who created it and like they had intention behind it. And then it always softens me to like their work. And I'm like, well, like they spent time, they were thoughtful on it. And then like even the annoying parts that are just whatever culturally have become relevant uh, that people point at, they kind of like fade into the background. And I think more about what that artist was trying to say or do at the time or the hard time they were going through that instigated them writing it or whatever it is. So that's more macro. The important story. I've got one. Oh, Mike. The song is called Gary the Green-Nosed Reindeer by MC Lars. I believe it's by MC Lars. And uh, it really annoyed me at first and then became kind of a bop to me. It's about Rudolph's half-brother Gary, who has a green nose who saves uh, Christmas from Osama bin Laden kidnapping Santa Claus. A little ditty. I don't, I've never heard this. Gary the green-nosed reindeer. Reindeer was of unexpected birth. And this Christmas season, he will prove to them his worth. All of the other reindeer uh, used to laugh and make him cry. They never let poor Gary fly with him within the sky. In a magical castle on the other side of town, Osama bin Laden was hanging around something, 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 9-11 part two. It's it's, a, it's an interesting Christmas song. <laughs> 9-11 part two? Well, he's destroying Christmas by kidnapping Santa Claus. It's like his follow-up to 9-11. It's, a, it's mildly irreverent, which is probably why I like it. It's one way of putting it. Was this on YouTube? I don't know if it's on YouTube. Uh, it's it's uh, it's on my Christmas playlist. That that honestly, and um, God rest ye, Jerry, Mary gentlemen, um, by the Bare Naked Ladies with Sarah McLaughlin are probably my two favorite <laughs> Christmas songs. <laughs> I what? thought you were doing a twist on it. God rest ye, Jerry. I thought you were going to say geriatrics no, or that's something. That's just yeah. my brain not functioning. <laughs> God John, rest ye, Jerry, oh. mental. Yeah. Oh, no, I'm, I'm just realizing. I'm realizing through this conversation. I'm not huge into Christmas music, but maybe I just don't know that much Christmas music because you guys are pulling out the obscure hits right now. I like the deep cuts. It's the most Gen X thing about me. <laughs> this one has not warmed on me yet, 
the the Christmas song, and I think it's because for a couple of years, for whatever reason, I just heard it almost nonstop, is Bing Crosby's Mele Kalikimaka. That one grates on me. Yeah. yeah Especially when you don't know how long it's been playing, and it might have been two hours. Cultural it's, appropriation is the Yeah, right the colonialization way. and everything. It's just... To brag about destroying the kingdom of Hawaii. What? Oh. <laughs> Counterpoint, great scene in National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Absolutely Yes. True. Do you know that I have never seen that movie? We are doing a watch party. Oh, my gosh. I know. I know. It's one of those things that it's like, it's been so long now. I'm like, how do I even get into it? Because did I have to be there? You know? Somehow we end up introducing a new family to that film almost every year. And every year they're like, wow, this film is not overrated. It is fantastic. Uh, mm -hmm. Wonderful. Because I really need a new one. The one that I, I was like not a fan of right out the gate was the, the new Grinch song from Tyler, the creator, because I just felt like the original song was perfect, could not be improved upon. You're a mean one, Mr. Mr. Grinch. Grinch. Yeah, it's just so good. It's so weird. It's such a like a funny, like unusual song. But it's kind of grown on me a little bit, and part of the reason why is because I like rap music, and there are actually a lot of funny like rap Christmas songs, but they are absolutely not family friendly. Like, have you heard the Christmas song by Easy E, for example? Not great for kids. Tyler the Creator, not exactly a, not exactly a G-rated artist, but he does a really good job of making a catchy Grinch song that's new that kids like, that I like. So it grew on me. It, it opened up a whole new. I mean, category. the Grinch is just the best. You can't go wrong with the Grinch. There is a giant, like, extra life-size Grinch outside of Pepe's, a restaurant down the street, and my daughter is obsessed with it. She'll stand there for a solid hour. And if you do, like, if you wave or you do something, it makes it sing. And she just is delighted by it. So we're, like, getting into the Grinch. I feel like if we go to the other way to, like, good Christmas music, to John's point about, like, not knowing the, the deep cuts... I don't. Some of these don't feel like deep cuts, but if you don't listen to Christmas music, anything might be a deep cut if it's not <laughs> eight, 75 years old. So, I mean, th there's like a lot of Christmas albums that have come out in the last 15 years, and some of them are pretty good. Uh, one of our favorites, just because we like some folksy stuff, is um, He and Him, which is Zoe Deschanel and her partner of... Uh, I don't her bandmate. I don't know. I don't remember his name. That one's pretty good. They have two albums. Then Sia has a Christmas album. She has like a couple songs on there that are pretty good. That's cool. I would listen to that. Yeah. yeah. Then Gwen Stefani's cover of Wham's uh I wanna swing from the boughs of holly. <laughs> from the boughs of holly. Mike, you shouldn't sing or talk more than a second on this episode yeah we haven't actually we haven't addressed that mike's voice is back but it needs to be at like 40 percent well they told like i'm seeing now they're like no you can't podcast yet because i'm like i can talk just fine but as soon as i get on a podcast i start like Projecting. doing voices and singing and yeah having fun they like yeah. don't having have fun. fun don't get into the christmas <laughs> this is a spirit Scrooge Mike. christmas easy for me i'm literally the grinch okay but the grinch did nothing wrong Totally agree. I will die on that hill. I love the <laughs> Grinch. So hold on. He did nothing wrong by stealing people's stuff or okay. something else. Originally, 
the the preceding events to the stealing of Christmas. His feelings. Well, yeah, of course like his he was just anti-consumeristic and just wanted to chill with his dog. It was That's nearly cool. self-defense by the time he did, he did any action. The whole town was coming for him. Yeah. Were they? He kind of lived off on his own. I think he was doing his own thing. Perceived them to be after him because he's a very paranoid man. Sometimes direct action is required to drive system change. Mm -hmm. They did sing loud enough for him to hear them on his mountain. And they did sing about how bad he is as a person. So, <laughs> And his tiny, tiny black heart. The who, well, it, he was so He jaded. was traumatized by the monstrous Who society. Yeah, his bad, heart grew when he people. unlearned his trauma. He met Cindy Lou Who. I mean, there there is, like you're saying, John, at least some element of harassment that within earshot people are singing, not necessarily obscenities, but insults his direction with like loudspeakers or hoobly who horns that project out to the mountain. <laughs> to say nothing of what happens to the poor beast that becomes a roast beast. I mean, you know the saddest part you're saying the grinch did it to save the roast beasts and and to confront uh destructive cycles of exploitation and extraction in who society he did significantly decrease noise and light pollution so i mean I'm yeah and don't you, don't uh, look up christmas's carbon footprint you know uh <laughs> it's not good <laughs> i actually would it'd be fun to look and see if you just didn't do christmas what that would do to annual carbon output in the world like what that would do to climate outcomes over a 50-year period <laughs> i'm a i'm a proper grinch I'm, I'm i'm sensing some sort of very uh twisty scrooge novel coming out where scrooge <laughs> is the hero and it's it's a anti-consumerist tome scrooge is not a hero but grinch is yeah i yeah the, i guess the grinch sure we can keep it on the Grinch. And everyone had space for positive change at the end. In Scrooge, I'm all, I root for the ghosts. Like, mm -hmm. may every uh, wealthy capitalist be haunted until they pay their employees more. Huzzah. <laughs> Are there other Grinches out there? Because he's like the only who that's covered in thick green fur, right? The Grinch and pre-2016 Yoda were like <laughs> ah, mm -hmm. solo <laughs> entities in the universe. Basically, what we're saying is it's the Grinch meets V for Vendetta. Oh, it's a good mashup, Tanner. Remember, remember the 24th of December. I like it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> now we're getting somewhere. <laughs> we got some real bangers for the anti-Christmas crowd in, a, in this episode. Just real quotables. I, I'm afraid that my family movie, I mean, there's two ways to look at it. One my favorite movie is the oldest classic ever that everyone talks about. It's a Wonderful Life, which people are divided about. A lot of people mm -hmm. hate that movie. They think it's boring and it's black and white, but I love it. I think it's a masterpiece. Uh, and, uh, but the family movie, like if I'm going to sit down with extended family, is Elf. And it's funny every time, every single time. Like it's brand new to me every time. Yeah, that one never does get old. It's a great performance. Yeah. I've never met someone who dislikes the movie elf that's always like that's the one at any party like if you're like at a christmas party like let's put on elf everyone will usually agree to that one we do all of those uh you know christmas vacation and elf and all that stuff we, we probably watch too uh much tv because we have a significant list i made a top 10 while we were talking 
Do you want yes. to hear Yes. Go, Jeremy. You tell me if you find any of this controversial. Uh, a Garfield Christmas special. Hmm. Gremlins. Batman Returns. Wow. Die Hard. These are excellent. Scrooged. The Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special. Anna and the Apocalypse, which is a musical zombie Christmas movie. Ernest Saves Christmas. Jack Frost, the scary version, where a homicidal maniac possesses a snowman and kills everybody in town. And a Garfield Christmas special again. So not Jack Frost, the the homey family man version? <laughs> that one's kind of freaky, too. Have you seen it? The yeah. special effects on it are really unsettling. That list is hard. Like, that is some hard, hard Christmas right. movies. That's I respect right. it. I admire it. Thank you. I wish I could emulate it. My family has a top Fifty list, and it's all basically syrupy, sweet Christmas classics. And they just—I mean, they are as into Christmas as I am not. And it's just like the day after Thanksgiving, Christmas starts, and it goes until like February in our house. Like it's just—they're just decking the halls everywhere. The the every TV has a different Christmas movie on 24 hours a day. It's a Christmas and, apocalypse. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. I strap a, a horn onto Buddy and we just like, it's Grinch time. <laughs> We're now looking inside of your cave right now where you yes. retreat with your one horned Buddy. Right. Oh, you could wear your green, like the green hoodie you wore the other week and Indeed. you would look very Grinchy. How many watches does it take you guys that that do have children to like actually understand what's going on in a kids movie to pay attention enough to be able to recite the plot? For me, it's like three watchings. I think for me, it's audiobooks actually because we do like audiobooks when they're going to bed and stuff. And so like, there I'll just put it on. I'll be in there variable times at night. So it it's like different sections of different times of those sections and then i have to piece out it's almost like watching like a christopher nolan film where i'm like (laughs) (laughs) i've watched it out of order and i'm piecing back together what the plot is and uh and then finally i'm like oh i have 92 percent of it okay i understand what's happening i never understood why that character was mad but i've heard them yell 17 times the same thing and now i understand why they yelled that I'm more like revisiting stuff that I remember seeing as a kid, like all those old claymation Christmas specials. Those are so Rankin Bass. Rudolph? <laughs> yeah. Year Without a Santa Claus is a banger. Heat Miser, Snow Miser, I'll watch it every time. That one's That's also my one. favorite of those, like that collection. That song is just the That's best so one. so surreal. I mean, you can tell when that movie was made and what the cultural influences were in creativity IMO. <laughs> okay, John, do we want to like rock, paper, scissors for ours since we have the same list? I mean, you know, my like number one is home alone. Like that's my, since like, that's the one I grew up watching. Great choice. Um, no, the, the, cl- the claymation ones though, those are like, I never think about them until like the 22nd to the 24th and then they leave my brain again, but I do love them. And, and Claire, I think the one that we've added, like, I guess since like we've been together because it ha- came out recently was uh, Klaus. It's on Netflix and it's very good. It's perfect. And the animation's gorgeous. Yeah. 10, 10 out of 10. Great movie. But it looks beautiful. Victory, if you watch it, 
I deeply request that you send me a message afterwards and tell me what you think. Done. Because there is something that I think would affect you greatly. Ooh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) So mysterious. I also just want to call out something really cute that I just heard, which was John Call Anne and Claire, which we've never done. Is that inappropriate at work? Can we call you Anne Claire? Yeah, you can. Literally, if there is an Anne in it, or if it just starts with an A and goes on, I will probably respond to it. (laughs) (laughs) What's going on here? How you doing? We have A and V. (laughs) A V. Exactly. Oh, we could be the AV club. Yeah. (laughs) When I was in elementary school, I had a friend who had a little brother who could not say my name, and he just called me And Camper. Close enough. So yeah, if there's like roughly the correct letters somewhere. I have the same philosophy via my last name. If it starts with a Mick, like you're close enough. (laughs) Macargo is my favorite. (laughs) (laughs) Macargo. Like a sauce. We've had more than one of our friends uh, thought I was saying Aunt Claire instead of Aunt Claire. <laughs> so like, why are, like, did you just call her Aunt Claire? Oh, it's like it's like a role playing thing we do. It's a, a little twist. Oh no! Oh, no. <laughs> Put our own special zest on that one. <laughs> Should we spend just a few minutes talking about holidays and Vesser? Absolutely. Sure. Absolutely. We'll have to roll pretty hard here. Uh, the Runja, who are the, I suppose, oldest of the Vahasheth cultures. I mean, technically, they're the foundation of Vahasheth culture. Torfex having their own thing. Uh, their number system is base 20, not base 10. So uh, that's for the math nerds out there. But that means all months are 20 days. Um, and a quarter of 20 is five. So weeks are five days long. So every month is 20 days. Every week is five days. Uh, and there are nine months a year. And if you do the math, you're like, wait a second, that's not enough days in the year. Well, the way they work their calendar is every other month starts on one of the solstices or equinoxes. So their calendar is very much anchored to seasonality and to make the math work they add festivals in between months so festivals aren't part of the month it's just at the end of every month there's a thing so the year starts on the vernal equinox uh and then you go through and you have all these festivals and so if we're thinking about winter christmas you know we're as we record this we're a you know uh the um winter equinox excuse me, winter solstice this year is on the 22nd, I think. So um, the uh, uh, the winter equinox is on the first day of uh, the eighth month of the year. And it immediately follows a festival. Uh, that festival is Thufresh. Thufresh. Uh, Alex would do it better than I do. Um and that is the counting of the stores. So you've had uh, a harvest um, uh, for, for some uh, crops, for, for basically your summer crops. And those are stored up for the winter because 
The Vahashath traditions are a little different than the Age of Ascension traditions because there's now a ring around the planet. And the ring around the planet made summers a bit hotter and winters, like, way colder. Um, and the winters got so cold uh, that they are sort of uh, difficult to manage at the, at the darkest uh, part of the year, which is quite dark because the sun goes behind the planet's rings. Um, and so the, the counting of the stores is important to make sure you have enough food to survive the true dead of winter that happens now. So you would imagine that uh, snow extends much further south in the northern hemisphere than on Earth because of these planetary rings. Um, and so, you know, the winter solstice starts this month where we're starting to wind down. And then the festival that uh, happens after that month, um, you know, which would be, what, middle of uh, early January for us, is called... Um, Sevthan, uh, which is the sleep of wet dirt. So everyone kind of goes in under uh, runge in a pre-civilization context didn't hibernate exactly, but they had a period of reduced activity. Uh, and then that festival has become more important because people really kind of bed down uh, for the dead of winter. So you have the counting of the stores and then the sleep of wet dirt. Those would happen like on either side of Christmas holidays on Earth. Christmas is happening like at a, you know, there's nothing special on the calendar equivalent. Um, and then they, in order to not have leap years, if we kind of talk about the New Year's and holiday, uh, there are no leap years on Vesser. Uh, they add a number of days as necessary to the final festival so that the first day just starts again on the vernal equinox. Holidays in, winter holidays in uh, among Vahasha society. Is there a Santa-type character, and can you murder him and take his power, like in the movie The Santa Claus? <laughs> there is um, not a universal Santa Claus-like character. Well, the thing I want to remember about the Vahashath is they are highly uh, factional. Um, so they don't have nearly as uh, the monoculture that we have uh, in most Earth, Earth cultures. Um and certainly not in Earth nation states. So there are lots and lots and lots and lots of little individualized uh, traditions around holidays, or excuse me, around like in, in month periods. The festivals tend to be pretty uh, communal and uh, shared. And the Sleep of the Wet Dirt is kind of like almost like super somber. It's uh, the, a lot of the rituals are about like recognizing mortality and. Um, you know, remembering those who have gone before and accommodating, anticipating uh, sadness or challenging feelings because the planet is, the hemisphere is like dark and frozen, right? Like even down into, you know, uh, desert areas, it's, it's very, very cold even during the day. You know, it's a time to, you know, it's a little miniature death that happens every year. And that's kind of the, the vibe it does sound like the title of a Swedish death metal album. <laughs> it does. The, now, the counting of the stores, on the other hand, would be like, uh, that's a celebration. That's very exciting. That is like, look at how good the harvest has been this year. And, and then we turn around after the new year, and as uh, things start to warm up again, uh, we have the flooding of the fields, uh, which is when we start to prepare for the... Um, Rice uh, planting and rice harvest, as well as um, 
any aquaculture that is done so that we're tending uh, aquatic plants in more controlled conditions as it is a semi-aquatic society. One of one of the things I love about it is for the major festivals, it obviously follows a lot of the things you see in some existing holidays on Earth where like the core fa- factory that actually drives it is like the passage of time, the year, darkness and things like that. But Mike alluded to it a little bit with talking about like the factionalism in the world and the like individual sort of nature of things in Vahashoth. And I've always loved the idea that little micro groups set up their own celebratory times and traditions and thinking about, I mean, this kind of goes outside of like set Vahashoth holidays in particular, but the thought of especially in exile when you have a bunch of people coming from their own set places with their own set traditions and bringing those all to one place and discovering like the little micro holidays that people adopted and celebrated and making those their own and how those evolve and change that's something i'm super fascinated with exploring in the world because it is a little bit unique and and different to what happens on earth because our holidays are pretty culturally set. And so it's like a combination of a holiday plus like a family tradition or a friend tradition just done on a like more societally accepted scale. I kind of like how the uh, the calendar is set up where there's a festival every month. That's like a really interesting take on the sort of like work and leisure balance. Obviously, we're, you know, for the most part doing five days of work and, you know, two days of a weekend where half the time you end up just doing laundry and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, we get Christmas, which is like for the most part like a week for a lot of people, maybe two weeks. Um, but like imagine just like kind of powering through your 20-day uh, month and then you've got like a week and a half of just partying. Mm-hmm. Or, the, you know, the being sad are, about the wet dirt or whatever. Are five or six days other than the year-end festival, which is five to eight days, depending on orbital mechanics. Yeah, totally, totally different mentality. And I agree. I was kind of, I mean, I imagine by day you know, 18, you're it's probably a slog. Yeah. <laughs> kind of a slog. But, but then yeah. you really get to fully unplug, like, on a regular basis. That's like a, mm-hmm. that's, you know, all told, you know, a more fulfilling vacation uh time probably not advocating for or against just thinking it's interesting oh uh mike there's a question that i just like came up in my own head that i don't know if we've if i've directly talked to you about that i would be curious to know because like a lot of these holidays and festivals that we've talked about are very runja in origin Mm -hmm. and so i was thinking about how the introduction of humans might have changed some of the celebrations because the runja are so time focused, but the humans, like, I mean, they're they're more like in the present, and how that would change the sort of reflection of holidays. I mean, the humans tried to human when they came to Naja, so they started out by like attacking and slaughtering a bunch of mountain runja uh, settlements uh over a period of hundreds of years before they encountered the Delta Runja and got uh smacked back pretty hard. And then, you know, they have like tens of thousands of years of, of co culture creation. 
Well, after they killed all those mountain ranges, did they then invent Thanksgiving? <laughs> would would have been appropriate. What about a candy cane? They got those there? I don't think so. Only because they don't cultivate sugar cane. Do bug people like sugar? They must, right? Ooh, minty honey. Like, mint honey candy could be a thing. Absolutely. Mint honey candy could be a thing. Honey is a cultivated product, for sure. Canonically. Torfex uh, are excellent um, bee uh, keepers because they can mimic high pheromones and control bees directly. So... <laughs> What about the cocoa bean? We're going to make a lot of people upset if there's no chocolate on this planet. There is probably not chocolate left on the planet anymore. That would be a thing they remember from the age of ascension. But uh, cacao is uh, a lot of stuff. A lot. There was massive despeciation in the age of consequence. Um, comparable to what you know, we can expect in the coming decades with climate change so and we're you know we're on our way to losing coffee and chocolate here as well so uh the vahashath are just ahead of us i hope i'm gone before that happens hey we should do a quest to recover the uh the last of the chocolate left from the previous <laughs> age that would be like really worth an, an expedition that would be very our holiday expedition yeah i mean i would do an expedition to recover the last of the coffee for sure <laughs> they open this chest and inside is one silver wrapped kiss and that's when people know how disappointing this episode there would be there would be an entire war fought candies. over it guarded by guarded by the grinch this is a perfect segue into our wrap-up convo which is can everyone tell us what your favorite holiday treat or meal is like something you only eat around the holidays that you look forward to mine is not a food it is a drink which is a black licorice tasting liqueur that my family always brings out uh, called Anazette. It is like a lighter version of Sambuca. And there's these beautiful little glasses and everyone does a little toast. It's like a little shot. And you have to like black licorice. If you don't like that, you're not going to like it. But uh, only ever happens during December. Anybody here a fan of the nog? I was always my go-to. That would have been my answer, except my answer changed like five years ago. And we went to uh, the Descanso Gardens Festival of Lights thing, where they like light up the whole thing for Christmas. And there was this uh, food vendor selling hot chocolate, and you could get Bailey's or Kahlua and the hot chocolate. And I said, both? And it was fantastic. And then every year, like Jenny has this like that's right. hot chocolate recipe that's really good. And then I add Bailey's and Kahlua to it. And uh, that's uh, that's definitely my holiday. Beautifully jam. done. Then suddenly I love Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> you start singing that Fahubore stuff. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm always like, by golly, let's you know, let's get jolly. Like it's uh, it's. It's Christmas. I think Christmas is the only time where you can drink hot booze. You can have hot chocolate <laughs> with liquor in it. You could have nog with liquor in it. You could do some hot apple cider. Maybe put some liquor in it. You can put some butter liquor rum? in your liquor. Yeah, buttered rum. <laughs> I, I think for me, my favorites, It's I can't pick one. 
I don't think like if it's holiday food, it's got to be either twice baked potatoes or the way my mom makes pecan pie. But if it's situational, uh, last year we went to the botanical gardens has like a festival and they, they do like lights everywhere and they've got like the trolls there all decorated. And uh, we always try to go when it's super cold and they have a little stand there that does blueberry cobbler. And the warm blueberry cobbler when it's really cold outside is delightful. What's the um, thing that you make the uh, Christmas crack? What are the, com- what are oh, the base the, components the of that? Oh, the cracker toffee. Um, yes, the cracker toffee. Yeah, it's it's like a hard caramel on saltines that's uh, either you cover it in like a little bit of sea salt or cinnamon sugar or a lot of people like chocolate on top of it. That's some good tooth rotting Christmas to me right there. Mm-hmm. Thinking of the uh, crackers, the one thing I just remembered that was a thing growing up that might just wipe away everything that I've said so far is because I grew up in eastern North Carolina and there's a thing called Hatcher's Crackers. And there's the urban legend around them is like the person who made them uh, left them in the oven overnight because they were like a lighthouse keeper. Um. And it's these spiced, cheesy crackers that have to be baked, like, incredibly low for, like, a solid day. And they are absolutely delicious, and they taste like just Christmas. On that note, happy holidays to all of you listening. Uh, Make sure to give us a five-star review. That really helps us out. Leave a nice little comment. Leave a, a little review telling your friends. Maybe, like, take a little link here. Share it on all of your social media platforms. Uh, get the word out about this show. Uh, while you're at it, tell us uh, what sort of Christmas uh, traditions you're into. What's your favorite Christmas movie? Tell us why Gremlins is the best Christmas movie um, and why no other movies are as good as, as Gremlins just generally. Uh, and Do that on social media and tag this brand, World of Esser. And uh, thank you for watching. We love you. Bye-bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> 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 <laughs>